All right, Chavosai, good morning. Let us let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for the year. to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER, to thank Jordan Shishi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month, the Zechanishmas, their grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron, Benjamin and Elise Wall of Netanya for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of their dear friend and mentor, Moshe Chaim Ben Tzvi Hirsch. Our week of learning sponsors, Hillel Alani Goldman, with appreciation and honor of Dr. and Mrs. Jacob and Goldie Milner and appreciation of the entire Kihila. Ari and Haley Lichterman, Le'iloi Nishmas, Haley's mother, Rachel Leah Bas Ruvain Mayer. We open the merit of our Tamatora. All of the Nishamas will have an Ali and the families in Chama. We also have an additional sponsorship. This is Kathy Pollack, our sheer member. <coughs> Paul Pollack is having eye surgery today. Paul is, uh, Paul is a staple of this, a staple and a pillar of this shear. So we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah. So Paul Pesach ben Shmuel will have a refuah shalema and a successful surgery. We look forward to welcoming, welcoming him back to the shear Bekarov. But with that, let us begin. So we have, Baruch Hashem, a lot to do today. We are up to, today's daf is Nun Zayin, but we're actually starting on Nun Vav Amud Beis. And we are picking up, it's easier to count from the top of the page down. Sorry about that. So we, we are picking up with Amar Rava. Let's pick up from there, Amar Rava. So it's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14 lines down from the top. Amar Rava. So we'll say again, eh, Sugi will flow relatively quickly. So Amar Rava, we actually began this yesterday. But let's have another critical look at it today. So Amar Rava, H.S. Coin Shenansa. If the wife of a coin was violated by another man, so by the local zona, ultimately again, so remember we've established in yesterday's daf that when the wife of a coin is violated, she is no longer permitted to her husband. Not only that says the gemara, but if the husband continues to learn with, to learn with her, to live with her, then halacha he is loke mishum zona. Ultimately, again, it's like having relations. So again, if you look at Rashi, by the local mishum zona, the chsev zona The Torah says that a coin is not permitted to marry a zona. Now, the halachic definition of a zona, we will get to as part of today's daf. What the Gemara is saying is not only is the coin not permitted to marry, with, to live with his wife, who was violated, but if he does so, he, he himself is in violation of having relations with a zona. So the Gemara says, one second, mishum zona in, mishum tuma lo, only because of zona, but not because of tuma. Now, what's the tumma that they're referring to over here? Take a look at Rashi again. Mishum tumma lo betmiya harmina parakamon hamani mekayim achari asher huta mal the rabbos sota shnivla dechsev lo yucha baila. So both say there is a concept of tumma. The concept of tumma that the Gemara refers to over here is after a woman has engaged in an illicit relationship or an illegal, I shouldn't say illicit, illegal relationship, living with her subsequently is a form of. Tuma. So the Gemara says, after the Kohen's wife was with someone who she's not allowed to be with, albeit against her will, isn't there an issue of Tuma as well? To which the Gemara says, Ema af mishum zona. It means also because of Zona. So the Gemara is saying, there are two issues for the coin over here. One is an issue of Zona, and one is the issue of Aharea Sherhutama. After she has become defiled by being with another man, there's also an issue of Tuma. Or I should say, there's an issue of Tumah, and there's also an issue of Zona. So Master Rabbi Zera, Rabbi Zera says, one second, let's analyze. So the Pasuk over here is referring to 
He's referring to a woman who has relations with another man. Married woman who has relations with another man. So the Torah says, V'shachav ish osa, shichvas zara, v'ne'ala me'ene isha v'nistra, v'hi nitma'a v'ein eidba v'hi lo nisbasa. So our Torah speaks about a case over here where a married woman has relations with another man and she was not forced. She was not coerced, right? In that case, that's adultery, and she's a surah to her husband. Now, what we infer from that is, that tells us that if a woman is violated against her will, she remains permitted to her husband. Now, that is talking about a regular case of a Yisrael. Regular case of a Yisrael. A Yisrael man married to a woman, his wife is chas shalom violated by someone else, she remains permitted to him. But there is another situation, where even if the woman is violated against her will, she becomes prohibited to her husband. Right? And which case is that? This is the wife of a Kohen. Even though she is violated, she becomes prohibited to her husband. And the Gemara says, Here's the problem. We'll say, in other words, that is a love that is learned out from an basa. So it's a law, it's a prohibition that's learned out from a positive commandment. A prohibition learned out from a positive commandment is in and of itself a positive commandment in assay. Amirab and Rabbi says, no, no, no. Hakol hayu zona. Originally, I will say, what does it mean everyone was included in the klal of zona? I will say, this is incredibly important. What the Gemara is coming up over here is with a definition. See, I will say, we often think of the word zona as a woman who goes ahead and engages in will, willful immoral conduct. What we are going to see is that the halachic definition of a zona is a woman who has relations with any man with whom she cannot affect kiddushin. That's the definition of a zona. So originally, all these situations, willful, unwillful, if a woman had relations with a man with whom she cannot affect kiddushin, she becomes a zona. So what happens? But then I will say the Torah pulled out one of these situations. Which situation did it pull out? A woman who was violated. A woman who was violated. And told us that a woman who was violated is not called the Zona and she is muteras to her husband. But I will say the only woman it pulls out is the wife of Yisrael. But the wife of a Kohen remains in that category of a zona. Vikadami, others explain, alternate version of the previous discussion. Rabba said, the wife of a Kohen who's violated, if her husband continues to live with her, he is he gets Malkus for Tumah. Achareya Sherhutama, Pasik says, after the woman becomes defiled, she's no longer permitted to her husband. If he continues to go out and live with her, he, he gets Malkus, to which the Gemara says, Mishum Tuma in, Mishum Zonalo. We can infer from that that he only gets Malkus because of Tuma, not because of Zona, to which the Gemara says, The Alma, Alma Baones Lo Karina Bezona. What do you see from here? It must be that in a case of Ones, where she's violated, we don't call her, we don't, right, she doesn't fall into the category of Zona. Rabbi raises the cash. We'll say it's the same conversation, just a different slant. The Pasik says, if she was not coerced, that's when she's Asura. What do we infer from that? That Allah says, if she was coerced, she would be permitted to her husband. That's talking about by Yisrael. 
But there's another case where even if the woman was coerced, she becomes asura to her husband. In which case is that? This wife of a coin. One second. At most, that makes it an assay, not a low assay. So why would he get Malchus? After all, this is a love that is learned out from a positive commandment. Amarava, once again, Rava says, all women, I will say, who, who had relations with a man who was prohibited to them are included in this phrase or in this love of which sounds like if you have relations with a man who you are prohibited to, ultimately, again, there is a sense of defilement and that defilement makes you prohibited to your husband. But then the Torah goes there and tells us, but there is a case that's an exception to that. And the case is where the wife of Yisrael was violated against her will. But ultimately, again, if she, if it was willful, right? I'm sorry, excuse me. If it was against her will, there was coercion. Mutaras, she'd be permitted. So we'll say, essentially, interesting enough, what the construct does is as follows. The phrase of teaches us that if a woman has relations with a man whom she's prohibited to, she becomes defiled and as a result, unable to continue to live with her husband. The Torah then goes in and gives us an exception to that rule. What's the exception to that rule? She was not coerced, which indicates to us that if there was coercion, if there was coercion, then Allah she remains permitted to her husband. That's the exception to the rule. But ultimately, who does that exception apply to? It only applies to the wife of Israel, doesn't apply to the wife of the Kohen. I will say this Gemara yields a very important halachic principle. So I will say, like I said before, when we look at the word zona, we look at zona as an immoral woman, right? A woman who willfully engages in acts of immorality. What the Gemara says is actually that, that, that category of zona is much more expansive. And what that category of zona refers to is any woman who has relations with a man with whom she cannot affect Kiddushin. In fact, the Rambam in Hilchos Isurei Bia, Parak Yurchas Halacha Aleph highlights this. Listen to what he writes. And we'll say, the definition of a zona is any woman who cannot affect Kiddushin with the man who she is having relations with. Now, boss said, let me give you like a crazy example of this. Rama brings this down. Let's say a woman, right? A woman in a coin is not permitted to marry a zona. Let's say a woman engages in bestiality. Is she a zona? Is she a zona? The Ramam says, no. Why? Because ultimately, again, he says, zona. I will say, at the end of the day, you only become a zona if you have relations with someone who's not, you can't affect Kiddushin with. But an animal, for example, is totally out of the parasha of Kiddushin. Another example, another interesting example. Let's say a woman goes ahead and has relations, has relations with, El Rabbi gives examples of this. Let's say a woman, oh, let me give you other examples. I'm sorry. Let's say, for example, now this is talking about a person whom she cannot affect Kiddushin with, but is in the parsha of Kiddushin. Let's say a woman goes ahead and has relations with a non-Jew, with a non-Jew. Does that render her a zona? 
according to the Rambam, yes, the answer to that would be no. See, interestingly enough, but let's say, so again, without getting into the technical cases, halacha lemaisa, the, the Gemara gives us a much more expansive definition of zona. And zona effectively means any woman, excuse me, any woman who has relations with a man with whom she cannot affect kiddushin. That's why when the wife of a Kohen, when the wife of a Kohen is even violated by someone else, she technically has had relations with a man with whom she cannot affect Kiddushin. Why can't she affect, why can't she affect Kiddushin with the man who violated her? Why not? Because she's married. Now we'll say it's a technicality, it's a technicality, but it renders her a zona. But again, the term zona seems so illicit. Obviously in this context, it's not being used in an illicit way, it's being used in a technical way. And that indeed is halacha lemaisa. And Rabbi will say, Mishnah, continuing along in this same theme, an interesting case. Here we go. Let's say a coin marries an almana. Coin, right? Illegal. Coin's not allowed to marry an almana. Or Grusha Bachalusa marries a right? Or coin Hedyot marries a Grusha Bachalusa. So we'll say, these are all illegal marriages. All legal marriages. So I will say, now here's the interesting Shaila. I will say, imagine for a moment, these women who are coming into these marriages themselves are Bas Kohanim. Right? They're Bas Kohanim. Right? They're, they're, they're a daughter of a coin, which means they're eating truma. So I will say, let's just play this out. Rachel is an almana. Rachel's an almana. So after she was widowed, she's eating truma again from her father's home. Now she, she's, she's read the Shidduch to Rubain, the Kohen Gadol. Okay, right? Sounds like a great Shidduch. Only one problem, which is, it's illegal. Right? Only, only tech, small issue. It's illegal. They both say, so what happens? Rubain, the Kohen Gadol, does Erisin with her. Does Erisin. Not Isuin. Gives her, gives her a pruta. Hariat mikudash asli bepruta zu. Gives her, gives her Kiddushin. Or again, the case of Rachel, the divorcee, right, who's also eating truma in her father's home, right, who goes in now and does Erisin with another Kohen. She will say, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Does illegal Erisin prevent Rachel from eating truma anymore? Do we say that since she's entered into an illegal relationship, albeit only Erisin, not Nisuin, but Erisin itself will preclude her from going ahead and eating truma. So we'll say fundamental machlokes. So here we go. So lo yochlu truma. So the Tanakama, which is going to be Rabbi Meir, holds that Allah So once, once there is an illegal erisin, once there is an illegal erisin, ultimately again she can no longer go ahead and eat truma. Look at Rashi. Mina erisin lo yochlu b'truma. Mishashin is kachu la'elu kidushi avera. According to Rabbi Meir, according the moment you go ahead and you enter into an illegal relationship, you are no longer permitted to go ahead and eat truma. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Shimon say, no, you're permitted. Rabbi Eliezer, or Rabbi Lazar, sorry, Rabbi Shimon hold, you're permitted to teach until when? Until there's Bia. Until there's Bia. We'll say, remember, when a woman has an illegal relationship with a Kohen, she becomes a Halala. But they posit she only becomes a Halala when? After Bia. Again, everyone agrees she only becomes a Halala after Bia. So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon will say, she could eat Truma 
even though she's had an illegal irisin, because she only becomes a halala who is precluded from consuming truma after bia, after bia, nis armalu o nis if halachalamaisa, if halachalamaisa, they become an amana, right? Nis armalu o became an amana, or ultimately again went ahead and got divorced. If it happened min hanisuin psulos, so I will say if these women were divorced or widowed from the suin, which means they had bia with the coin hedyot or the coin gadol, again illegal, illegal halachalamaisa psulos. Ultimately again they are halalos and therefore forever prohibited from marrying into the kahuna. However, if they were widowed or divorced from Erisin, then ultimately again, Ksheros. Look at Rashi. It's very interesting. This is even according to Rabbi Meir. Even Rabbi Meir holds that once there is Erisin, these women can no longer eat truma, would agree that they only become halalos after Bia. And therefore, again, if they are widowed from Erisin, halacha lamaisa, they are, they are permitted to go ahead and marry. They are permitted to go ahead and, uh, well, I'm just saying, they're not, they're ksheros. They're ksheros, leave it like that. Says the Gemara, we'll say, so let's analyze. So we'll say, fundamental machlokes. So again, once again, you have a bas Cohen who is eating truma, right, who is either widowed or divorced, who now marries a Kohen Gadol or Kohen Hedyot. Either way, it's an illegal marriage. She, they do Erisin. The fundamental Machlokas in the Mishnah is, is she permitted to go ahead and continue to eat Truma or not? So Rabbi Meir says, no. Once there is illegal Erisin, you can no longer go at Woman cannot eat Truma. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, once Erisin is fine, she continues to eat Truma. Only once there's Nisuin, is she precluded from eating truma? Let's analyze. Tanya, Amr Rabbi Meir, Kalvachomer. Rabbi Meir says, in reality, it's a Kalvachomer. What's the Kalvachomer? Uma kidushi rishus in machilin kidushi aver lakol shekin. So Rabbi Meir will say like this. In a regular case of kidushi, we established in yesterday's daf. Let's say a legal marriage. Kidushin is not a lot enough to allow a woman. Let's say a woman has kidushin. Stam woman has kidushin with a kohen. So we'll say, we say that Allah say after kidushin, you're not allowed to eat truma yet, only after nisun. So in a case of regular kidushin, you can't eat truma. So therefore, again, it goes makes sense to say that kidushi avera, you shouldn't be able to eat truma either. Amrulo, im amr pe kidushi rishus, shekin emo lahachil, bemakom acher. Here's this, we'll say, in the case of kidushi rishus, regular kidushin, kidushi rishus, it never becomes permitted to go ahead and eat truma. It was said, like Kiddush is a case of a Yisrael who marries a regular woman. That Kiddushin, right, that marriage will never create a license for truma consumption. So Tomar the case of Kiddush ultimately, again, could allow for truma consumption in other circumstances. You're right. Pitsua Daka. So the fundamental issue at play over here is as follows. That what happens, when you have a situation where you know that the bia that is going to occur is going to go ahead and invalidate this woman. That's what's coming down the pike over here, right? The Kohen Gadol is Mekadesh and Amana. That is an illegal marriage. We know that bia will make this almana 
into a chalala. So do we say that since we know she's what we call mishtameres labia psula, a bia psula is going to occur, that we go ahead and we essentially give her that puzzle status now and preclude her from eating truma, or we say no, she only becomes a psula when? When? When there's a bia. So we'll say that's the fundamental machloka. So the Gemara says, in reality, there's another case. Listen to this. That's it. Ptsuadaka, and we'll say, Who's a Ptsuadaka? Ptsuadaka is a coin, is, is a person with, with crushed testicles. Now, the halach of a Ptsuadaka is that a Ptsuadaka is not permitted to marry. We'll call it a regular Jewish woman. Now, again, we'll discuss who he is permitted to marry, but in this case over here, you have a coin who's a Ptsuadaka, who is Mekadesh Abbas Yisrael. Mekadesh, a regular woman. See, here we go, boss. Mekadesh, a regular woman, says the Gemara, Banala Machlogis, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Loz, Rabbi Shimon. What's the machlokis? Here we go. Rabbi Meir, Dabar Mishtameres, Labia Psula, Daraisa, Lo Achla, Ha Nami, Lo Achla. Boss, remember again, Rabbi Meir says, anytime you're set up for a Bia Psula, Daraisa, the woman already can't eat Truma from the time of Kiddushin, right? That's the case of the Mishnah. The Kohen Gadol marries an Almana, marries an Almana, let's say this Almana herself is a Bas Kohen. Since we know that there is a setup for a Bia Psula Daraisa, already that Psul begins by Kiddushin. Psula Daka, Bismakadesh Abbas Yisrael, that is in a legal marriage. Ultimately, again, she can't eat Truma in that situation because Halakha once again, she is set up for a bia psula doraisa. The Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, during Mishnamaris, the bia psula doraisa achla. But Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, they hold she could eat truma until when? Until when she becomes a chalala. And when does she become a chalala? Only after bia. Therefore, during kiddushin, if she's a bas coin, she could eat truma. So too in this case where she's betrothed by a psula daka. Ultimately, she could eat truma during kiddushin. Tap of nunzayin hadnami achla. To which the Gemara says, well, maybe not. Me, mine. How do you know to compare these two cases? Maybe Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon only hold their particular position in the Mishnah. Because Rabbi say, ultimately, again, ultimately, again, in the case of the Mishnah, Rabbi say, there are permitted situations where this Kohen could allow a woman to eat truma. Rabbi say, remember again, for example, if the Kohen Gadol marries a Basula, there is a case where this marriage can enable truma consumption. However, the Gemara Sabahacha, the Inlo Lech Lahacha, Bamakum Acher, Lo. Rabbi say, in this case of Ptsuadaka, is there ever a scenario where marriage to a Ptsuadaka allows for truma consumption? And the answer is, no, naturally, it's not totally true. We're going to say there is a case, but Lamai said the Gemara assumes right now he's not really permitted to marry anyone. I will say, remember again, I want to point out, Ptsua Daka, from a marital perspective, has the same limitations effectively as a Mamzer. He's not permitted to marry Bekal Hashem. Now we'll discuss who he can marry, but Lamai said the Gemara says the cases are not comparable. Maybe you'll say, one second, that's not true. There is a case of Ptsuadaka where he can allow, he can allow, so he can marry someone else. So we'll say, when could he marry someone else? When could he marry someone? Bas Geirim. We'll say, in the case of the daughter of a convert, take a look at Rashi, three lines down from the top, Bas Geirim. Lo Ikri Kahal. 
We're going to see an interesting case over here that perhaps a Ptsuadaka is permitted to marry the daughter of a Ger. Now, we'll say, now why can't you marry the daughter of a Ger? Because it could, we're going to see a Machlokis as to whether or not Pazak says, Lo Yovo Hashem. A Ptsuadaka is not permitted to come into the Kal Hashem. We're going to see an opinion that says that Kahal Gerim is not called Kal Hashem. Now, we'll say, now what does that mean? Gerim are obviously full-fledged Jews and fully accepted into Kalal Yisrael, but it's possible, it's possible that they have a different type of communal designation. So when the Pasuk says that you cannot marry into Kalal Hashem, perhaps that doesn't include Kal Gerim, and let's say the Ptsuadaka can marry Abbas Gerim. She can, he can marry Abbas Gerim. If that's the case of Osai, then even Ptsuadaka has a case where through marriage, he could allow a woman to eat truma. But this itself was a question of what the status of Kalgirim is. Listen to this. So Rabyokran asked this question of Raboshia below Pashitle, and Raboshia himself did not answer it. So Rabosai, the status itself of a Bas Girim in and of itself. Is a shaila. Now I will say, now I want to point out why don't you say why is it bas gerim as opposed to ger? As opposed to ger. Why can't it be ger? Remember, a coin is not permitted to marry a gioras. Right? A coin is not permitted to marry a gioras. So again, at most the way you could set this up, and even a say, even a pitsuadaka, even a pitsuadaka, which essentially we're gonna to get to it now, we'll say that when a coin is a pitsuadaka, does he retain his kidushas kahuna or not? We're assuming for now that even though he's a Ptsuadaka, and I'm saying, obviously as a Ptsuadaka, what can't he do? What can't he do? He's not going to be able to do Avoda. He can't be a practicing Kohen. And Lamaisa, again, he's totally limited in his marriage pool, but he still retains his Kiddusha Skuna in that he can't, still can't marry the women who a Kohen cannot marry. See, interestingly enough, to marry a Gioras herself, that won't be permitted. But perhaps a Bas Gerim, if you hold that Kal Gerim Lo Ikri Kal, we'll discuss that in just a moment, that perhaps a Ptsuadaka can marry this woman. So we'll say, let's analyze this. Here we go. So itmar Abayi Amar Holumachi Lebelo Yada. So let's listen to this. Abayi says as follows. Look at Rashi. Holumachi Lebelo Yada. Look at Rashi. Almost, almost right across a little bit, a little bit further up. So Hayanasi Koin Isha, Vachelis Petruma, Benase Ptsuadaka. So we'll say, listen to the case over here. The case over here is a coin who's married to a woman. Regular marriage, regular Kohen, married to a regular Bas Yisrael, right? And therefore, as a result of the marriage, she is permitted to eat Shuma. Then what happens? Then he becomes a Ptsuadaka. So they're, they're already married. They're already married. He becomes a Ptsuadaka. So I will say, what's Talacha? If he has relations with her, once he has already become a Ptsuadaka, Lo Tochal Betshuma. I will say, at that point now, she can no longer get children. I will say, here's what's fascinating. So here's the case. Cohen marries a woman, regular healthy Cohen, regular Bas Yisrael, he marries her. Upon marriage, she is permitted to eat shruma. Okay? He becomes a Ptsuadaka. And I will say, here's what's fascinating. If they don't have relations, she retains her license to eat shruma. If he has relations with her, now suddenly she becomes prohibited to have to eat truma. Why is that? Rashi says. So Rashi says the bala lotocha the shavya chalala. 
Because Rabbi say, once she has relations with a Petsuadaka, she becomes a Chalala. Once she becomes a Chalala, she becomes prohibited, so even though she's having relations with her husband, but she's having relations ultimately again with a man with whom she's not really permitted to have relations with. Salacha, she becomes a Chalala. Once she becomes a Chalala, she is no longer permitted to go ahead and consume Truma. However, Rashi says, The point over here is you see a case where a coin could be a Petsuadaka and yet enable a woman to eat Truma. Right? Now, I will say it's a very specific case. What's the case of a Petsuadaka? It's an interesting piece of Gimara trivia, right? I will say, what's the case of a Petsuadaka who allows a woman to eat Truma? And it's a case of a regular Kohen who married a Bas Yisrael. They're married, she's eating Truma. He then becomes a Petsuadaka. If he doesn't have relations with his wife, making her a Chalala, she continues her license to eat Truma. Once he goes in and has relations with her, then Rabbi says she becomes prohibited. Once she becomes a, she becomes a halala, once that occurs, then ultimately what? Truma becomes prohibited. Rava Amar Rava says, Rava says, She remains permitted to have a Truma. No different than quote unquote anyone else acquired by the coin Petsuadaka, like his servants who are permitted to go ahead and continue to eat Shuma. Sabai lo Rava, Sabai doesn't hold like Rava, why not? King in the Ishus, me king in the Ishus, Yafinon, because Rabbi said we learn our cases of marriage from cases of marriage. Follow Yafinon, king in the Ishus, me king in the Abadim. And you can't learn out, quote unquote, the king of marriage from the king of servants. The Rava lo Amr Kabai, Rava doesn't hold of Abai, why not? So shiny Hassam, because Rava will say like this, it's different in that case, why Shekvar Achla? I will say, in the case where she was married, where she was married, and then her husband became Petsuadaka, that's a different kind of case. Why is that a different kind of case? Because she started out her marriage permitted to go ahead and eat Shuma. So once you're permitted to go ahead and eat Shuma, and I was about to say, once you have the license, so it's much easier to perpetuate that license, as opposed to a case where she began the relationship in a state of Isser. Abaye says, we don't employ the svara of she's already consumed, right? That once you started to eat, you're going to continue to eat. Why? Because if you don't say this, let's say a simple case, a wife of a coin, a white woman is married to a coin, regular woman, regular coin, everything is fine. Then what happens? Her husband dies. Her husband dies. Rebbe say, what's talacha? If a bas Yisrael, born to, right, Bas Yisrael, married to a Kohen, husband dies, let's say she, they have no children. Is she permitted to continue to eat Shuma? No. No. But if you were to say a svar of Shekvar Achla, if you were to subscribe to the svar that, hey, once you started eating Shuma, you could continue to eat Shuma, then she should, be, she, she should be permitted to do so as well. The fact that we don't say that indicates to us that we don't say just because you've started to consume truma, gives you the license to continue to do so. To which the Gemara says, Rava, Hasam Paka Kinyana, Hachalo Paka Kinyana, 
Rabbah will say, no, here's the difference. The difference is that once the coin husband dies, her relationship to the kahuna has fundamentally ended. And I will say, I want to be, just be clear. Obviously, we saw in yesterday's DAF, we saw this case relatively quickly. If she has a child with the coin, remember again, that child is her license to continue to eat truma. But if there's no child, then once her husband dies, the Gemara Yuzlashana, Paka Kinyana, literally again, her connection to the kahuna is gone. Haha Lopaka Kinyana. Good. So say, so again, just to kind of keep our eye on the on the case over here. Remember again, we're dealing we started off with the mission on a very specific case. That essentially, what happens if you have a bas coin, right? You have a bas coin who goes ahead and has kiddushin, has kiddushin with a with a coin goggle, right? Let's see, she's an almana, she has kiddush with a coin goggle. So we're focused on one very specific thing: legal or illegal marriage? Which one? Illegal. So what are we what are we focused on? Now during kiddushin, before there was a bia asur prohibited bia, is she precluded from? eating truma. Now again, I will say, where would she be eating truma from in this case? Her father's home, right? Not the husband, because remember, that's what I'm talking about, a very specific case of a bas kohen, who, right? bas kohen amana, who becomes betrothed to the kohen gadol. So she's got, she's got access to truma from her father's home. Can she continue to eat that truma during this period of illegal kiddushin or not? So that's the machlokas. Rabbi Meir the Tanakama says, no. No, why? Because since this kiddushin, the lashon we use is she's mishtameres lebia psula daraisa. She is set up for what is going to be a, a prohibited bia, biblically prohibited bia, and therefore, again, we essentially kind of that status devolves upon her even now during kiddushin, and she can't eat truma. Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon say no. We, the status is only conferred upon her when. When? When there's actual be any suin. But Lamai said during Kiddushin, even though this is an illegal Kiddushin, the illegal Kiddushin does not confer upon her a status where she can't eat truma from her father's home. That's the, that's the machlokis. We brought in the case of Petsuadaka because we thought it may be similar, but the U.S. seems to say, nah, it's not so similar. Okay, so we'll say, let's, let's analyze a bit more. Here we go. Gufa. Uh, Gufa. Bamine. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Oshia, here we go, I'll say. Petsua Daka coin, this is fascinating. Petsua Daka coin, Shenisa Bas Geirim. Here we go, I'll say. Coin who's a Petsua Daka. Right? He's already a Petsua Daka. He marries Bas Geirim. Then I'll say, we're going to see if that's mutter or not. Let's, we're assuming right now that it's mutter, right? Why would it be mutter to marry the daughter of a Ger? Why? Why? Because that's not called Kal Hashem. We're assuming now there's two groups in Klal Yisrael. There's Kal Hashem and there's Kal Geirim. Who's in Kal Hashem? Who's in Kal Hashem? We'll call it Jews from birth. Who's in Kal Geirim? Geirim, right? Geirim, and by the way, not just Geirim, but who else? The offspring of Geirim, right? Now the interesting Shiloh will be, well, how long do you remain in Kal Geirim? And at which point in time do you transition to Kal Hashem? Okay, we'll discuss. So a Kohen, so a Kohen Pesuadaka, who marries the daughter of a ger? So the Gemara says, So listen to this. So we'll say, so now, assuming that that is a legal marriage, is she permitted to eat truma? Can the baskerim, right? Can, can the baskerim who married the coin Pesodaka eat truma? So we'll say, so this Shaila Rabbi Yochanan, that's Rabbi Oshia. 
Ishtik velo amrale velo midi. So Rabbi didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He's right, he didn't respond. Afterwards, another great Talmud Chacham came along and asked Rabbi Oshia, answered him, Uman Reish Lakish, who was the other Talmud Chacham? was Reish Lakish. So Rabbi Huda, Nisila Rabbi Oshia. So Rabbi says, listen to this. So what the Gemara is pointing out over here is, Rabbi Oshia answered the question of Reish Lakish, but he did not answer the question of Rabbi Yochanan. And he was silent. So ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Oshia, is Rabbi Yochanan not, not a great Talmud Chacham that you don't answer his questions? Why didn't she even respond to his question? He asked me a question for which the, there is no resolution. Rabbi Oshia essentially said, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. So I'll say, so it's interesting. Why didn't Raboshia just say to Rabbi Yochanan, I don't know the answer? So I'll say, it could very well be that Raboshia was very careful with his words. And therefore, Rabbi say, essentially, I don't have to tell you I don't know the answer. How will you know that I don't know the answer? How will you know? I just simply don't say anything. If I knew something, I would say something. If I don't say something, it's because I don't know the answer. And I will say, could very well be that Raboshia is modeling for us the, the COVID Rosh, the seriousness with which we should take our words and how careful we have to be not to use words unnecessarily. Raboshia is saying that maybe if there's a way to communicate things even through nonverbal communication, that's preferable. Use your words sparingly. In other words, Rabbi he answers the next petitioner, he answers the next questioner. But again, be careful with the way you use your words. Be careful in the manner in which you use your words. And if something doesn't need to be said, then what? Then what? Don't say it. Don't say it. Perhaps. So the verse is Laman. So Rabbi Oshia therefore says, Rabbi says, this kasha of whether or not a koi petsua daka who marries bas gerim, does he allow this wife to eat truma or not? Apparently, Raboshi felt that this was a shayla that does not have an answer. So I said, well, let's analyze this a little bit. So, Laman, who's, who, through whose lens should we look at this? E, Rabbi Huda, right? If it's going to Rabbi Huda, so we'll say, now listen to this. So we'll say, if you think about it, by the way, this shayla has really two different components to it, right? What are the two components? Number one component is, does a coin Petsua Daka retain his residual Kedushas Kahuna? Right? That's issue number one. Because you both say, in order to enable someone to eat Shruma, you yourself have to be a coin. So issue number one is, does a coin Petsua Daka retain his residual Kedushas Kuna? What's question number two? What's question number two? Is he permitted to marry Bas Gerim? Right, that's so two questions over here. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So according to Rabbi Huda, Bein Bikidusha Saikai, Rabbi says, if you look at Rashi, Bein Bikidusha Saikai, the Kaman, the Paraka Arel, Mi Boilan, Koin Petsu Adaka, Mal Big Yores, Bikidusha Saikai Vaha, Vaha Bein Bikidusha Saikai. So this is a Shaila the Gemara is going to talk about later on, Daf Ein Vav, a few weeks from now. Right, does a Koin Petsu Adaka retain his residual Kidusha Skunas? Listen to this. So according to Rabbi Huda, whether the coin re re retains his residual kuna or doesn't, either way, 
he would not permit this woman to eat shuma. Why not? Because he holds that what? The daughter of a ger, the daughter of a male convert, is just like the daughter of a halal. Therefore, even if he has his residual kahuna, he's not allowed to marry this woman. And if the Koyim Petsuadaka doesn't retain his residual kuhuna, she also doesn't eat truma, why not? Wow, because we hold that the congregation of Gerim is still called Kal Hashem, and therefore he can't marry her. So according to Rabbi Huda, either way, a Koyim Petsuadaka does not enable his wife, this wife, Bas Gerim, to go ahead and eat truma. And if you hold the coin to Rabbi Yossi, So ultimately, whether you say a coin retains his residual kuna or not, ultimately, again, if he marries a bas she's permitted to eat. How so? If a coin retains his residual kuna, so his wife is permitted to eat truma. Why? Because he holds that even if a ger marries a giores, their offspring is permitted to the kahuna. In which case, and ultimately, if you hold that a coin does not retain his residual kahuna, then ultimately, again, she is still permitted to eat truma. Why? Lo ikri kal, that the kal of gerim. So we'll say, if a coin petzuadaka does not retain his residual kuhuna, and therefore what he's effectively not a coin, but he, what is he still? He's still a petzuadaka. A petzuadaka can't marry into kal Hashem, but this opinion knows that kal gerim is not called kal Hashem. So we'll say, so the Gemara is asking Raboshia, I don't understand what's your problem, right? Why couldn't you answer the question? In other words, there is, there is an answer. There is there is an answer to this question. It just depends on who, which position you want to align yourself with. Ella aliba dahai tana. So we'll say what Rabosha was concerned about was the follow the following tana. Listen to this. This is not here we go. Rabbi Ali Ezra ben Yaakov Omer isha baskerim lotinasi lekuhuna ad shete ima miisrael. So we'll say listen to this. Rabbi Ezra ben Yaakov says the daughter, right? Isha baskerim, the, the girl, a girl who is the daughter of Gerim, cannot marry into the kuhuna until her mother is a Jew. Her mother has to be a Jew. If you look at Rosh say so, um, no, not yet, not yet. So the Gemara says, So I was saying, this was the Shailah. So the Gemara says, Here's the Shailah. What, what exactly does it do to have a Jewish mother? Right, in, in this case, what exactly is the impact ultimately again in having a Jewish mother? Does it add to kashrus or does it add to kidusha? Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Kashrus itol siba v'ruiya lekuhuna v'lav kidusha lak reikal muteras l'pzuadaka v'ochalas muanafshach. So, I will say, do we say that Allah halamaisa having a Jewish mother essentially gives her a status of kashrus that Allah halamaisa? She is permitted to go ahead and marry into the kahuna. But again, the Rashi. 
So do we say having a Jewish mother essentially makes you fit to ultimately marry into the marry into the Jewish people, but it doesn't call you Kal Hashem. It doesn't call you Kal Hashem. So ultimately, again, which means you should be permitted to go ahead and marry into marry a Petsuadaka. Odzoma, or perhaps Kidusha Metosvaba, it adds Kidusha. That maybe if your mother is Jewish, let's say your father's a ger, what that does ultimately is what? What that that is, is it adds kedusha sisral, and that you're literally called kalashem. Look at Rashi. That if she's called kalashem, that's wonderful for her. But who can she marry? Who can she marry? The petsuadaka. To which the Gemara says, Tashma. Let's analyze this. Ki asar Rabbi Ach, ki asar Rabbi Acha bar Chinina midroma. Rabbi Acha bar Chinina came from the south of Eretz Yisrael. He came and he brought a Mishnah in his hands. And what was the Mishnah? How do we know that if a coin marries the daughter of Gerim, that he enables her to eat Truma? If the coin acquires some by someone, through a monetary means, Kinyan Kaspo, through a Kinyan Kasef, that person is permitted to go and eat Truma. So, says, let's, so this is interesting. So, says, therefore, again, the Gemara says that if a coin marries a Baskerim, is there a Kinyan Kaspo in marriage? And the answer is yes. What is that called? It's called Kiddushin. Kiddushin, right? Kasef Kiddushin. So, therefore, you see from here that Allah Chalamaisa, that a coin Petsuadaku marries a Baskerim, is permitted to go ahead. She permits her to eat Truma. Simmer's one saying, Laman, which opinion is according to? Laman, Ilam Rabbi Huda, Infrasquent Rabbi Huda, Homer Bain Big Dusha Sekai, Bain La Big Dusha Sekai, Lo Achla. But so we said, according to Rabbi Huda, either way, a Petsua Daka coin is not going to enable his wife to, to eat Truma. If you're Rabbi Yossi, Lama Lekra, according to Rabbi Yossi, why do I even need the Pasa? Kaamar, Bain Big Dusha Sekai, Bain La Big Dusha Sekai, Kachla. But so according to Rabbi Yossi, either way, he enables her to eat. I don't need the Pasa. Rather, I will say it must be according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. This third Tana, and it must be that ultimately, again, when she is born to a Jewish mother, what that does is it endows her with a sense of kashros, meaning that it makes her fit to ultimately marry into Cloud Israel, but it does not call her. Kal Hashem. She still remains Kal Gerim. And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, she would be permitted to go ahead and marry a coin Petsuadaka. And if you're permitted to marry a coin Petsuadaka, then what? Then Halacha Lamaisa, you are allowed to eat Truma. So I will say, it's very interesting over here. So I just want to point out, I just want to point out what seems to be, what seems to be coming out over here is that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa is a situation of just here, here is what's what's floating. What we don't know yet. What we don't know yet is what is the status of a coin petzuadaka, right? Does the coin petzuadaka does he retain his residual kedushas kahuna or not? So I will say that's issue number one. Issue number two: the daughter of Gerim is she called Kalashem or not? And I will say the interface between these two issues is quite fascinating because if you hold that a coin petzuadaka retains his residual kahuna. And the daughter of Gerim is not called Kal Hashem, but called Kal Gerim. So we'll say that, that creates something very interesting, which is that potentially 
a coin pitsuadaka could marry a bas gerim and what? Enable her to eat truma. But there's a lot of variables in those cases. But where the Gemara seems, Gemara seems to be coming out over here, that that would be a legal marriage and actually be a legal marriage that results in truma consumption. Again, we'll see what the halacha lamay says. More tomorrow and tomorrow's sugya. Say itmar, let's go weiter. Itmar, Rav Amar, we'll say fascinating sugya now. Rav Amar, we'll say, and by the way, the, the third issue, the third issue of what we do, I will say, in a case of illegal kiddushin, right? Because remember, remember, go back to the Mishnah. What was the Mishnah's case? Calling Gadol did kiddushin with who? With who? And Amana. But remember, there's no, no regular Amana. Who is this Amana? She's also what? Abbas Kohen. So she's got Shuma from her father's home. Remember, the issue lurking in the background of Osai is what? Does illegal kiddushin preclude a Bas Kohen from eating Shuma from her father's home? Or, or stated otherwise, does a woman who is Mishtameres Labia Psula, is she precluded from eating Truma? That's the Machlokes in the Mishnah. We haven't resolved that either. So a lot, we'll say, a lot of exciting stuff kind of hanging in the balance over here. So let's go back to, we'll say, let's, let's throw another thing into the mix. Itmar, this is great. Rav, Amar Rav says, here we go, Amar Beis. This is such a great Amar Beis. Love this type of daf. Right, so listen to this. Yesh Chopol Psula. So we'll say, here we go. Fascinating sugi now. So Rav says, Rav says, Yesh Chopa Lepsula. So I was like, what does that mean? There's a Chopa for Psula. Look at Rashi. Yesh Chopa Lepsula. Tafrash Nunzayinam Abeis 57b. Koin Gadol. Shehechnis Amana Bas Koin Lechopa. Velo Baaleha. Umeikara Nami Lo Kitsha. Afilu Hachi Pasta Mitruma. Debein Nasha. Dechopa Kekenisas Biila Damya. I was like, listen to this. Let's say the Koin Gadol took this Amana. Took this Amada, right? And this Amana, this Amada, this, this widow, is also the daughter of a Kohen. And what happened? He brought her under the Chuppah. Then I will say, we're not going to get into this now, but just understand, there's a homachlokis. What is the definition of Chuppah? Right? Is Chuppah what we call Chuppah? Standing under a canopy, which is supposed to represent the home of the Chassan. Is Chuppah, is Chuppah potentially Yichud? Right? Is so I will say, let's just go right now with Chuppah means Chuppah. Let's keep it easy. Right? So I will say, here's the case. Kohen Gadol took the Almana under the Chuppah, right? Took the Almana under the Chuppah. Rabbi say there was no Kiddushin, nothing else. Took her under the Chuppah. So Rav says, Chuppah essentially is like marriage. He calls it Kiknisa, Kiknisas Bi'ila. It's like the beginning of Bia, like the beginning of Bia. And therefore, again, once the Kohen Gadol brings this Almana into the Chuppah, she is prohibited to eat Shuma. Prohibited to eat Shuma. Incredible. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, in Chuppah Psulos. Shmuel says, no, 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 no. There is no Chuppah for Psulos. In other words, if you're, if, you're, if you're having a legal marriage, bringing her into a Chuppah does not affect any level of marriage. And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, technically, sounds according to Shmuel, she would still be permitted to go ahead and what? Consume Trumo. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Umodali Abba, I will say Abba is a reference to Rav. Rashi says, why does Shmuel call Rav Abba? Rashi says, Modali Abba, Mishum Takashish Minei Karile Abba. Since Rav was older than Shmuel, Shmuel called Rav Abba, right? And Rav would agree with me, Modali Abba, Bitinokes Pechusa Mibas Shaloshanav Yom Echad. And even Rav would agree with me that if the Kohen, right, the Kohen Gadol, were to try, or let's say any man were to try to marry a girl 
who is less than three years old in one day. The Rebbe say, we'll discuss about marriage with a girl so young, three years old in one day. Since Bia with a girl less than three years old in one day is not halachically recognized Bia, therefore again, there's no chuppah. See, Rebbe say, this is incredible. According to Rav, the concept of chuppah affecting marriage is because chuppah is like Rashi said, what do we call chuppah? Tchilas Bia. It's the beginning of Bia. It's the beginning of Bia. So therefore, Shmuel says, by the way, Rav would agree with me that you could only hold that chuppah's Tchilas Bia when? When? When Bia is possible. But if Bia is not possible, when is Bia not possible? For example, in a girl that's less than three years old in one day, where that is not a halachically recognized Bia, even Rav would agree that chuppah doesn't do anything. So Amar Rav, Rav said, Af anan nami tanino. We also learned this. Af anan nami tanino. Bas shaloshon miyomechad miskadeshes bebiya. But say if you have a girl who is three years old in one day, she's miskadeshes bebiya. They both say how to reconcile that Chazal that Chazal are talking about bia with a girl who's three years old and one day. Like what? What? We'll, we'll talk about that more in tomorrow's daf. I'll say, but but right right now, but let let's just look at the technicalities of it without getting into the feelings of it. So I will say, so listen to this. Bryce says, a girl who's three years old in one day, miskadeshes bebia, ultimately again could become betrothed through bia. Similarly, again, I will say other examples of this. If the yavam had relations with her, ultimately it affects yibum. And I will say, if she's married, she's a married woman. If someone else were to have relations with her, ultimately, again, she would be Eishazish. And I will say, technically speaking, Rashi says over here, So I will say, again, how a three-year-old girl, three, three years old could become, we're not going to get into it right now, but the point over here is, should she become Tame? Ultimately, again, she could convey that Tuma to any man who has relations with her. If she marries a Kohen, ultimately again, she's permitted to go ahead and eat Truma. And ultimately again, if any man who is possible ultimately goes ahead and, if any man who is possible, I'm sorry. If any of the men who are Psulin have relations with Rashi, look at Rashi, mean Psulin, he Nosin Mamzer So if any person who is a Pasla has relations with her, Pas then Pasla. Ultimately, again, they invalidate her from marrying a Kohen. What is here in Baosai? It is only a girl who is three years old in one day who becomes Psula through Bia. So the Gemara says, Mifsla, I'm sorry, I just skipped. Bas Shaloshan Yomachad Hudim Mifsla Babia, Mifsla Bechupa. So say, it is only a girl who is three years old in one day who becomes invalidated through Bia, who could also become invalidated through Chupa. Otherwise, Rabbi say, so again, just to be clear. So what the, this is a backup to Shmuel. Remember again, Rabbi say, what's the question we're dealing with over here? If a man takes a woman who he's not allowed to marry, so again, let, let's let's take the case we saw before, right? Halacha lemaisa, Kohen Gadol is marrying an almana. Kohen Gadol is marrying an almana, right? Illegal marriage. He takes her under the chuppah. What does that do? So Rav said, what does that do? It's it's tchilas bia 
and Tchilas Bia therefore says, assuming this Alman is also a Baskoin, she can no longer eat Truma. Shmuel says, no, Chupa does not affect marriage. In Chupa Lepsulos, Chupa does not affect anything with, with Apostle, and therefore she can still continue to eat Truma. Shmuel is coming along and saying, by the way, even according to Rav, who says that Chupa Tchilas Bia, Chupa, if, it's, if Chupa Tchilas Bia, then what does that tell us, Rabbi Chupa only affects something when, when, when there's a bia, when there's the potential for bia. Rebbe say, but where there is no potential for bia, even Rav will agree that chupa doesn't affect anything. All Shmuel is putting Rebbe says, and and when does a possible bia begin? Only when, only when, from three years old and one day. It is only the bia of a th- from three years old and one day that is a halachically recognized bia, and it's only from that point forward that chuppah would have any kind of ramification. But with a girl less than three years old in one day, less than three years old in one day, where there is no bia, would also not become invalidated with, right, with chuppah. So I'll say, what that means is that technically speaking, if a coin were to go ahead and of course, we're going to see the statement's a little bit academic. Because halacha we would assume that if there's no bia less than three years old in one day, then there's also what? There's no chuppah less than three years old in one day. But the more never says, shmamina, indeed, see that Shmuel's assertion is correct. And therefore, I both say, so again, we're going to stop over here for today, but I just want to point out kind of what we have still floating around, right? Number one is the machlokis in the Mishnah. We haven't resolved it. We haven't resolved it. I both say, does illegal kiddushin preclude a woman from eating truma or not, a basquen from eating truma. Again, machlogus rabbi meir on one side, rabbi shimon on the other side. That's issue number one. Issue number two, rabbi say is what? Petsua daka kohen. What's the question? Does he retain residual kedusha or not? Machlokas. Issue number three, the daughter of Geirin, right? Is she called kal Hashem, kal Geirin, still outstanding? Machlokas number four, if a Kohen Gadol does chuppah within a, right, within a legal marriage, he does chuppah with an almana, does that chuppah, assuming the almana is a bas Kohen, does that chuppah prevent her from eating truma or not? Machlokes, Rav and Shmuel. Rav says yes, Shmuel says yes. So for mach, very exciting day, for, and it's only Tuesday, for machloksim that we still haven't resolved, Emir Hashem will see the resolution to all four, Bishatom Muslachos, in tomorrow's daf, Shkoyach.